You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. So today is not the Feast of the Transfiguration. That's in August. But the last epiphany every year is the Transfiguration. We started the epiphany way back in, on January 6th, right? Right after Christmas. This is the last epiphany before the season of Lent. Before I really begin with the, question, or with the sermon, I've got a question for you, and that is, how many of you in this room have seen the musical Hamilton? How many of you have seen it on Disney Plus? How many of you have only listened to the soundtrack? I mean, we're all, we've all been exposed. Some of you probably have gone, and I guess they, they've been here, right? You might have seen it in person, live. And I ask that because I grew up not far from this very small town in Jersey where their claim to fame is they have this placard that reads, Aaron Burr dueled Alexander Hamilton here. They want to brag it to the world. It's kind of a sad thing, but it's, I mean, this, these two monsters, I mean, Alexander Hamilton was here and this happened in our town. And throughout the Northeast and here in the South, right, you have placards, commemorations, monuments, pretty much everywhere. We want to remember what's happened in the past, not only to help us live for the future, but also to be able to brag a little bit. These incredible events happen here in the state of New Jersey, which does not have much going for it. We've got placards everywhere because the Revolutionary War happened there. It's, it's all we got. So, so, so applause, please. But I bring that up because we see here that the Apostle Peter has a very good desire, right? These are good Jews. They know their history. Can you imagine if Moses, the one who led us through the Red Sea waters, led us through the wilderness, and Elijah, the prophet par excellence, if they just showed up in your midst, what would you do? And on top of that, it's Jesus, this rabbi who we're following, who is healing people, teaching great teachings, and then all of a sudden it's as if we see him from the inside out. Maybe we suspected that there was more to this prophet, this Messiah figure, but did we really know that this would be God with us? So you can see why Peter would, I mean, why would you not commemorate this occasion? Lord, let us build tabernacles. And in the Old Testament, they threw up placards all over the place. They had the Feast of Tabernacles. That is what Peter is recalling. Let's build a tabernacle here. We'll remember it. Just like in our Old Testament reading with the giving of the law, we've got to do something to show how what happened here was so very important. Only Jesus won't have any of it. In fact, Jesus tells them at the end of this reading, don't tell anyone about this until after I'm raised. And I think that should get our antennae going. Why is it? Why keep this a secret until then? In another gospel passage that talks about the transfiguration, right after the transfiguration is when Jesus calls his best friend Satan. And why was that? Because Jesus starts to say after the transfiguration, I am going to suffer and die. That's been my mission. That's what I'm accomplishing for you. And Peter won't have any of it. And Jesus essentially calls him the tempter. Don't tempt me from this path that I must take for you. 
That too should be a clue that while the transfiguration is the epiphany of epiphanies, we see Jesus as God and human. And yet, Jesus doesn't say build the placard here. Jesus is saying here, let's, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. We gotta wait until the crucifixion. Because that's where the placard is gonna be. The monument is there. The reason St. Paul goes around and doesn't say preach the resurrection is not because St. Paul's anti-resurrection, but St. Paul is all about the cross, what God in Jesus has come to do for you and for me to save us from our sins, to defeat the powers of sin and death that enslave us. God in Jesus is saying, I have not come to dwell with humanity in its glory. I have come to dwell with you in your ruined habitation. And doesn't that sound a whole lot like the incarnation? God, who, in the words of Paul, who was rich became poor on our behalf, who invaded this cosmos ruled by sin and death and never became an a Roman emperor's son, but came into the world on the outskirts of the empire. And uh, the only reason you and I know the name of Bethlehem is because it's randomly mentioned in the Old Testament and because our Lord was birthed there. There's nothing impressive about it. And yet, it all shows us what he's come to do. Of course, God's with us in our glory moments, or our glory days, as Bruce Springsteen once sang. But I think what you and I need to hear so much more is that God has come to dwell with us in the places where we are ruined, where we are depressed and oppressed and things aren't going our way and we might just be tempted to think, I must have sinned, God must have abandoned me, all has gone wrong. And you could use the transfiguration to be like, well, we are to be transfigured like Christ, and I am not feeling that right now. Jesus emphasizes, and if you read, read all four Gospels. Next time you read them, I'm not telling you to read the Bible in a year, I'm saying read the Gospels in a year. Notice the Gospels, are two-thirds of it are on the Passion account. The emphasis is on what he came to do, which is suffer and die for you and me. Not to be an exemplar, not to be an inspiration, but to effect something, to affect our relationship with God, to defeat the powers of sin and death once and for all. So my friends, wherever you're at tonight, Maybe you're in a glory moment, and that's awesome. I wish I had more of those. It's mainly just because I look on, on the glass half-empty side. <laughs> but whatever you've brought with you this morning, depression, feelings of being oppressed, just things not working out the way you wanted to, you fill in the blank. God has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned me. In fact... We might have a placard that reads, Jesus slept here. Jesus is with us here in the midst of our ruined habitation. And not only is he forgiving us, he is undoing 
all that holds us enslaved, all that holds us in bondage. And this is good news, because a good chunk of our lives are in these ruined places. And yet we have a promise that in Jesus has been to those places, and he is undoing those places, those places of regret, of fear. This is the good news of the transfiguration, which is really pointing to the cross. It's good news for you and me, so let's grab onto it as we say together the Apostles' Creed. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.